Welcome to Real College Talk. My name is Morgan Heath Powers. I'm so excited to be bringing on my college counselor from this past year, Shannon Harrison. Here at Real College Talk, this is your destination for real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision completely your own. To kick things off, I would like to introduce Shannon. I'm so thrilled to have her on to share just an inkling of the insight that she passed on to me throughout my senior year. Um, so Shannon, welcome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Morgan. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast, so I feel like it's kind of a big deal. So I'm very it is excited. <laughs> no, Shannon was one of the first people I thought of when I started the podcast, and I'm so excited that I finally get to have her on. Um, we're going to cover a range of different topics, particularly um, catered towards those of you who are gearing up for the college application process. Uh, to help you make the best decisions along the way, I would say, Shannon, you know, regardless of what your college goals are, um, whether you're looking to go to school locally um, or if you have some top reach schools, like totally up to you. And so we're going to kind of discuss what it means to decide what you what you want out of college. Um, and, and how to set yourself up, to, up for success there, and also allow Shannon to share some of her best resources and best tips and insights and, and overall advice as well. Um, so Shannon, to dive in, I, can you share a little bit about, about yourself and how you got into this line of work, what inspired you to become a counselor and, and to focus on, on college applications with high schoolers like myself? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Um, it kind of all started, I want to say maybe like 10 years ago where um, John Rader, who's now retired, but he came to the Davidson Institute where I used to work and gave a training on college admissions. And I just remember being so excited about it afterwards and I wanted to learn more. Um, and then I, I ended up, you know, just kind of doing some research on my own. And then I took some formal classes and got certified in college consulting. Um, and I just, I love it. I think it's so much fun. It's kind of like my football season. Like you get your highs <laughs> and your lows and yeah. I love it. It's super exciting to go on this really cool journey, journey with different students and, and um, it's just a lot of fun. And of course there's always a little bit of disappointment here and there, but it, it always works out. So I'm, yeah, I, I really am a firm believer in higher education, even though it has some flaws, but there are still many good things that outweigh the bad. So, um, yeah, I just, I find it really exciting. And, um, the more I do it, the more I like it. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. I, I, I'm just thinking back on my experience as a senior with 23 in my graduating class. And that was, that's very small compared to most high schoolers and mm. being able to have a college counselor who I could work with, you know, even though we were remote for most of the time um, that I could go to with questions and, and, and for advice was a huge game changer. Um, with so many students now more than ever uh, deciding to go to college or pursuing some form of higher education, um, you mentioned how, how you're a firm believer in it. Can you talk a little bit about what you think um, are some of the best things you can get out of a college degree or some sort of college experience, what students should be looking for overall? Yeah, well, um, I think one of the first places to start, like one thing I'm kind of adapting when I talk to students is I, one of the first questions I'm trying to remember to ask is, hey, do, do you want to go to college? Because mm -hmm. things are changing in higher education. There's so many different ways, you know, different ways you can get to where you want to go these days. So you don't necessarily have to do a four-year degree, uh, even though most people do, and the research still supports that, uh, you know, there are 
you know, benefits to getting a degree, but there's also a lot of different things you can do. So, um, especially now with the whole, um, you know, direct admit in the in the state of California through the community college system to the UCs um, and different types of certification. So, you know, the world always needs mechanics and pilots yes. and electricians and all of those things, which a lot of times people don't go to a four-year institution to get that degree. And, and they do really well financially for the most part and, and um, help our world very much. So, um but I think, uh, you know, if a student knows they want to go to college, that's exciting. That's great. I think um, the first place they probably should start with is, you know, thinking about, you know, what it is, like you said, what do they want from a degree? So potentially what kind of degree they want to get, um, you know, look at the cost involved and, you know, kind of look big picture. Yeah. But um, I think, like, overall, like, I guess... I lost my train of thought here, but I think the easiest place to start, I guess, is with a student's basic criteria. So if somebody's just getting started in the process, um, basic criteria includes like just kind of knowing what you like and don't like. So size, like when you picture yourself in class, do you picture yourself with 300 people or are you thinking, you know, maybe 50 is more your, your size or something you're more comfortable with? So the size of the college, you know, a large college um, could be like some like Michigan and 60,000 and or, you know, smaller. Um, so I think like 20,000 plus is pretty large and then medium is somewhere under 20 and then a small college is like under about 2,000 or less so looking at the size the location is there any part of the country that you want to avoid or that you're really excited about do you want to stay closer to home do you prefer you know a lot of students tend to prefer either coast um, mm -hmm. and then the weather like if you have some issues with weather if you hate being cold then you know stay away from Wisconsin and Michigan maybe Illinois uh, but if you're okay with it you know fine uh, or the humidity right a lot of people they have issues with their hair and the humidity, so they're like, no. So I get that one a lot. But um, and then of course, you know, the potential major and, and whether or not the school offers you that major. And then of course money, right? That's a big yeah. that's still the number one decision making factor for most families. Um I think it's so weird nowadays. Well, it's not weird, but it's really cool. Nowadays I think students are being more conscious about it and mm -hmm. thinking big picture wise, like if they you know, want to be a doctor, go as far as they can. It's like, do they want to be in debt 200 grand before they even get there? Probably not, you know? So mm -hmm. families, I think, are really starting to pay closer attention to um, to the money that, that you know, the, how much it costs to get a degree and, and whether or not it's worth it. And then, of course, all the other fun factors, right? Like if you, if you know, you have to have a certain religion on campus or access to them mm -hmm. or food. If you're a foodie or you have specific allergies or something, you know, looking at the different food, food options on your campus. And then of course, extracurriculars, like if there's anything, you know, you want the school to have something that you're probably already involved in LGBTQ plus friendly school spirit, whatever floats your boat. Right. So it's just kind yeah. of a matter of starting with what you like and what you don't like. That's so like, I think you hit the nail on the head there and that like starting the college application process is all about figuring out what you what you want. And sometimes that can be the hardest part because once you're able to get clear on that, if you're able to get clear on that, then you're able to start tailor those essays start to come a little bit more natural. They're always challenging, but they come a little bit more naturally than if it was forced. 
Um, I think, you know, a big takeaway that I had from this past year was to only apply to the schools that you can really see yourself at. And that means considering all of those factors. Um, when sometimes we see students going to either extreme of either applying to a ton of schools and, you know, ultimately you're only going to go to one, mm-hmm. maybe they're applying to some of them because their parents encourage them to yada, 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 or the total opposite where maybe students are only applying to one or two schools, but they haven't really delved into a lot of research there. How do you think students can kind of find a middle ground and get really clear on, on their college list before they even begin the application? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think most students' lists kind of ebb and flow, you know, throughout the process to some degree. Um, But it's really hard. I feel for students because I I feel like sometimes they're in a tough spot because they have a lot of influence from their parents and then their friends and then what they want. And trying to meet in the middle and make that all work can be really challenging, you know. Um, So I guess my philosophy is I just really encourage students to to put together a balanced college list because that leads to more options. Like most, if a student comes to me with, with a list of schools, it's like all reach schools. And by reach, I mean schools that are accepting 20% or less. And then they have maybe one likely school on there, which is a school that might accept 50% or higher. You know, I always ask them, I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, if you were to be rejected by all of these schools and you have this one that accepts you, would you feel fulfilled? Mm -hmm. And would you feel happy and proud and feel good about it? And if the answer is yes, I'm like, okay. I mean, you can keep your list like that if that's what you want. I wouldn't recommend it. But, and if the answer is no, then we need to expand. So I think just like if you're going to apply to three reach schools, then you should have three targets and maybe two likely. So at the end of the process, you have a wealth of options to choose from and you don't feel like you're forced to make a choice. And you should also, I think, one thing I really would love to see happen more is students be really happy with all of the schools on their list. Like, I don't think they should be applying if they, like you said, can't see themselves there or are not happy to potentially be going there. Then I think it's just a waste of their time and their money. You know, it's like, why spend all those hours in $75 or whatever to, to fill it out if you have no intention of going, you know? So Yes, I don't know. I think I think uh, around nine is good, but a student can apply to way less if their list is balanced. And it just depends on their goals, right? So you don't have to apply to as many of nine, but nine's like a number I usually feel kind of comfortable with because it you know, usually has a, you know, a few different options at the end of the process. But nine might be a lot for some families. So five is fine too. One or two makes me a little nervous just in case, you know, it doesn't work out. And I don't know how students have time to apply to like, sometimes students will have like 20 list colleges on their school and or more than that. And I'm like, how does one do that have the time right to do all of that and it must cost so much money right so so much money and and ultimately you only end up going to one school um and so yeah it's it's hard but I just remember having to look at my list and being like okay if it came to this school would I be happy there if it came to this school could I see myself going there and I remember withdrawing my application to um I think it was Baylor University after I'd already gotten in and been invited to one of their um like scholarship interview things and I just had to say I'm so sorry like it wasn't a right fit like I had expected it to um but I'm so glad I made that choice. Um, 
you give some great advice on keeping things realistic. And um, I think one of the most important things to talk about early on in the college application process is, is understanding your financial approach to school. Um, if you are choosing to go for and, and apply to a bunch of reach schools that are going to be incredibly expensive to go to, great. But do you plan to take loans out for that? What kind of position is your family in? And oftentimes, I know you've seen this before, like students wait until they get into their dream school to talk to their families about that. Do you have any advice for how oh, yeah. you kind of wrap, get some clarity on that before they apply so they can kind of match their hopes with, like they can get their expectations clear, if that makes sense? Yeah. You know, back in the day when I first started in this field, they used to advise, it was advised that, you know, oh, just apply and see what happens and then worry about the money later. And this was, you know, like 10 years ago, but wow. now I would, and for a while I was fine with that. And now I realize like, oh gosh, that is not a smart decision or a smart mm -hmm. move because, you know, sometimes I remember kids would get into these great schools, their dream schools, and then they realized they couldn't afford it and they were devastated. You know, they felt like they worked so hard for nothing. Yeah. So I think is, I mean, I think freshman year is a little bit too soon to be talking about college in my personal opinion, but if a student is ready, why not? You know, if they just want to learn about it, that's perfectly fine. But by sophomore year, you know, just maybe having a conversation, mom, dad, I was wondering if there's a college budget um, and just mm -hmm. starting that conversation. And I think, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you learn about that, then you could also, I definitely recommend the college, the college cost calculators mm -hmm. to which every college is required to have that on their page. If you go to, you know, the admission section and then financial aid, you can plug in some numbers. You might want to do it with your parents or you could just get that information from them. You plug in some numbers and then it's going to tell you your estimated family contribution and that's what they're expecting you to pay. It doesn't mean it's 100% set in stone. Sometimes you can get more money and, and negotiate a little bit. Um, and sometimes family circumstances change, so you might be able to get more money. But at least you have a general idea of whether or not it's even worthwhile to apply. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like one student I was talking with today, I had put a list on his school or a college on his list and he came back and he's like, yeah, it looks really great. But he's like, it's really expensive. And he's like, I don't think I can make that work. And I'm like, good to know. And I was like yeah. so pleased he was so aware of that. So wow. like early on in the process rather than at the end and being like, okay, how, how do I do this? And, right. Um, some families can make it work and others can't, and that's that's perfectly okay. So as long as you apply smart, you'll have lots of options to choose from, and that means financial options too. Right. Right. Um, it was interesting. I was having a I was having a conversation with a friend of mine from high school this past week who um, has has gone to school in Arizona this past year. Um, super excited to start business school there, and when she arrived on campus, she realized that. It wasn't quite the right fit for her. She was having to take student loans out in order to go. And she called me and said, like, Morgan, I need advice. I don't know if I should go back to school and take a gap semester and go to my local school there or if I should take on this debt. And um, and she would be going to uh, the business school, W.P. Carey School of Business at ASU. Um, so a great business school compared to the school that she would go to back home. 
when you're presented with situations like that, even aside from her not really being sure about the fit at ASU, like in situations like that, how, in your professional opinion, how can we always tell whether taking on the, like taking on the student debt is worth the advancement we might get in a career or starting salary? Is there any advice you have um, on that as, as students weigh their options? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so um, uh, I think it was an article, it came out from some grads from MIT, but they put together this little algorithm. But in a nutshell, so the I guess the average student loan debt is about thirty to thirty five thousand. That's you know considered average. Okay. But if your overall debt is gonna be more than your first year salary, then or like yeah, if yeah, if it's gonna be more than what you're potentially gonna make, then it probably isn't worth it. Um, I mean, I think that's up to the student who who can decide that, you know, but that's one way you can kind of, you know, pick and choose and weigh your option is just to, to look at your overall cost of debt and then look at your salary and see, like, can I make this work? Like, you start paying student loans back, like, about six months after you graduate, and depending on how much you take out, you know, it could be a $300 a month payment, or it could be a grand, and it's like, if I'm only making $40,000, how am I going to pull that off? Like, I, I, you know, and just kind of look at the numbers and, and be smart. And then, two, I think it also depends on, um, you know, like what your degree option is, you know, like if, you know, what field you're going into. Um, I don't necessarily always follow the like ROI return on investment, but I think it, you know, it's not bad to look at it. Like for example, Harvey Mudd is one of the most expensive colleges out there, but those students who go there, like they're hired like immediately because it's such a unique institution that you know it's kind of the best of both worlds humanities and engineering and and like all they all have internships right away and then they're hired right away so it seems like they get paid back for for that amount of debt but you know they're also going into the field of engineering right they're not like anthropologists or right. you know something like that which might take a little while to to make money but the world needs anthropologists too so I'm definitely yeah. not begging on that but yeah just to kind of look at how much the overall debt is going to be and then how much you you know your expected income is going to be and you can find that information on onet you could just look and see what the starting salary is for your field and then you'll get a general idea Um, so i would i would kind of look at it that way and then also like how long do you want to be in school um if you plan to go further than your bachelor's degree then you know you're going to be adding on more debt so Mm -hmm. um some students i know who've kind of ran into that situation where they got somewhere and then they thought, you know what, I don't know if this is worth it. They would stay, the, you know, get through the first semester, which I think could be good just so you can give it some time and see if it, you know, it changes, if it, you know, maybe it's just a bad class or a bad day and see if you actually really like it. But then at the end of the semester, if, if you're still not feeling it, then maybe consider transferring to something more affordable and, and do something great with it. And, and, you know, let's see what happens after that. Yeah, that's a, that's such good advice. Sometimes you don't quite know until you get there, but our, our goal is to be as prepared throughout the college application process so that we can make the best choice financially and for education and, and also just personally because um, 
I think ultimately, I know I do, and and most students and most people in general perform better when they're happy. Oh and yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you're looking just at the ranking list of a of a school for a particular degree, you don't actually dig into the details of what it would be like to go there and how it would feel to be a student there. Um, so those are all super important things to. Oh yeah. I bet it's so hard to be in your shoes and make a decision, especially if you like have multiple schools on your list that you really love and can see yourself at. I can imagine that decision-making process is so challenging because you might always wonder like, what if, what if I would have chose this one, you know? I know, right? (laughs) I felt lucky that like my dream school was Bandy for the longest time and when I found out that I didn't get enough money to reasonably go there because I had had that conversation with my parents earlier in the process, I kind of knew right away, like, okay, it's not Bandy. So now it's down to these ones in it. In a way, it just made the decision easier. Um, and I ended up loving SMU too. Um, but yeah, it's all you can do is gather as much information as you can. Um, it's an exciting time, but it's also a very stressful time. Oh, yeah. As very well know. Um, do you have any wisdom or advice to impart upon high schoolers, whether they're in senior year or not, um, as to how they can, you know, I guess, I guess my question is, if you take two students who have a very similar academic profile, maybe you're applying to similar types of schools, what do you think some of the key difference makers junior, senior year that will set those students apart in terms of their success in the process and maybe their ability to not lose their minds while they're going through it. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. You'll have to stop me if I start ranting too much here because I got lots of advice. Um, Let's see. Um, Well, I think, so when I think back to some of my most successful students, like just in life, in the college process or whatever, there's a few things that like kind of set them apart. One is they seem really curious. Like they're just the type of person that's curious about something and they're like, huh, I want to learn more about that. And they do. And sometimes they like spin it into something great, you know, but I love those like curious, huh, the kids that ask questions, like Mm -hmm. they're asking why, like they're, they want to know why they're learning something, not just something they have to do, right? Like they're, they're engaged in their classes. I think that Mm -hmm. could be the real key difference maker because even if it's not your favorite subject or whatever, whatever, you know, are you contributing in class? Are you making an effort to get to know your, your teachers and your counselor? Like I see so many amazingly talented students who are so busy. They don't make time for college admissions. Mm -hmm. So then when it comes time to write you know, get letters of recommendation, like it's really hard to write those letters because you don't really know the kids. So it doesn't help them in any way. So I do think if you're fortunate enough to have a school counselor that you make time to meet them, even if you don't, um, you know, want to share personal stuff and things like that, can you just, you know, update them on what's going on in your life and what you're into? And then, you know, he or she can alert you if something comes up that you might like, you know, so just making an effort to get to know your counselors and teachers, um, I think is really important. And also, um, yeah, I think that's what can potentially set students apart Mm -hmm. is the letters of recommendation. And of course, the essays, you know, depending on, you know, how they write, and if they're really good about getting feedback and, you know, turning around the feedback really quickly. So they make their edits and they get it back. Um, But 
it's it's a really stressful process, but it can be less stressful, right? So I think first, like you mentioned something about like, you know, people do better when they're happier. That's so true. Like seniors, juniors, it's a stressful time. Take care of yourself. Put yourself first. Get the rest that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do your best to, you know, work on your habits, you know, maybe turning down your technology at a certain point so you can sleep because once you sleep, you are healthier. You it needs a higher achievement. So I really mm-hmm. think taking care of yourself is key factor to to higher academic achievement. And then, like too, I think sometimes we all do it at that age, even as adults. Like you think everybody has it together, and you kind of compare yourself mm-hmm. against your peers. And I think that's such a waste of time because you don't know the. It's like you're setting yourself to feel up to feel like crap, right? Because yeah. you don't know the entire story. And I don't know too many teenagers that are really comfortable with being vulnerable and are like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's okay. Like everyone wants to look like they know what they're doing. So um, nobody really has it together and that's okay. So don't, you know, just do what you do. Focus on you. Do what you love. And that's, that's another key factor with students is the ones that did what they were genuinely interested in, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, for you, that was business. You had so many things that you loved and were good at and all these different, you know, talents and skills. But that was a thing that really kept you super passionate and leadership and things like that. And you're so good at it. You know, if you do what you love, you tend to put more effort into it and enjoy it more. So you see better results. So stop trying to make yourself into something like you think colleges want to see and just be you. Because if you apply smart, some of them are going to be dying to have you and you're going to have lots of options to choose from. And, you know, some might reject you too, but that's okay. These, we have to remember in the back of our mind, colleges are businesses like they have a bottom line and a lot of the colleges that have been more you know um i guess better about giving more money are going broke now you know and are are struggling so they're businesses and they have institutional priorities so for some you know they might not need the cello player who's interested in economics and a legacy but another person another college might really want that and really need that so it's just a matter of of doing what you love and and applying smart. And if you're someone that's like, I don't know what I love, that's okay. That's fine too. There's lots of different ways you can figure that out. Like um, there's lots of fun. Like one of my favorites is the, the VIA character strength survey. It's free, but it's from University of Pennsylvania. It's all positive psychology, but identifies your, I guess we each have 23 strengths, but your top five are your most prominent. It's a real fun little quiz you can take and you could give it to the person who's writing your letter of recommendation or kind of expand upon it, like even show it to your counselor and have a discussion about it. There's this other one that's really cool, 16 personalities, which is also free. It was just featured in the New York Times and I took it for fun and I'm like, oh, that's so me. And it gave me all these ideas of things I might like to do. And I think that could be like a really good starting point to start with some of those fun little quizzes and then find an activity that, that falls into that domain and see if you like it and, and just put yourself out there a little bit, which a lot of people are afraid to do these days, which I get, but you know, how will you know unless you give it a try? (laughs) You really won't know. Like, that's the thing. I'm going to put the VIA survey and 16 personalities in the show notes for sure. Um, because especially for our listeners who don't know exactly where to start, who don't, I mean, I, I, yes, my passion is like for business and leadership, but do I really, really know what I want to do with my life? No, most people don't like, and so I think those are some great places to start. Absolutely. Um, 
I think you were scraping on a topic that is huge. We could spend a whole other episode discussing it, but that's, you know, college fit and, and how we demonstrate not only who we are, but how we're a match for what this college is looking for through our essays, through our application. Um, can you talk a little bit about what colleges tend to look for, different types of colleges, um, and how we can genuinely show or, or find fit? Yeah, sure. That's that's a good question. Generally speaking, this is like my, my answer for almost everything. It depends when it comes to college admissions, right? Because it, it, it depends on the college's goal, right? So which so what they're looking for tends to change periodically, right? You know, like, for example, I guess colleges are having a hard time finding history majors. So for such a long time, we were pushing STEM, 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 STEM. And now like engineering programs are overflowing and there's no humanities kids. So now they're really short on those. So it's like, that could be a good thing for those of you interested in the humanities. But um, let me see, back to your original question. so they, they're genuine. Usually there's like five things that they're still looking at. Number one is going to be the student's high school transcript. They're looking for students who have taken advantage of opportunities and challenged themselves. So if your school doesn't offer APs, no problem. But did you do what you could with what the school had? That's what they're looking for. Did you take advantage? Did you challenge yourself? Um, next up, they're going to look at letters of recommendation. Um, Especially for private colleges, uh, public colleges don't put a lot of emphasis in, in letters of rec for the most part, like your state schools, but they do for scholarships and honors programs. That will be important. So letters of rec, usually from two teachers, usually one from the humanities domain and then one from the STEM domain, and then your counselor letter. And sometimes you can even add an additional letter of recommendation, maybe from your boss or um, you know a coach or someone else that knows you well. And then, of course, test scores. Test scores are kind of I don't know. I go on the fence about those because a lot of schools are saying they don't matter as much anymore, Mm -hmm. but then I see them use them in ways that make me think otherwise. Like if a student scores a little bit lower in reading, but it's super high in math and they'll be like, oh, well, we noticed their reading score was low, but that's only at your like super selective schools. So test scores and SAT or an ACT with writing. And then they're going to look at how you spent your time outside of school. So what kind of extracurriculars you are you know, involved in. And don't, students, don't trip out because I'm sure you've heard or you know on the Common App, there's 10 spaces for activities, but you don't need to have 10 different activities. You need, I would say, maybe three, two to three activities that you do really well, right? It's going to look much better if you devote your time to the things you're interested in and see more depth and, and, you know, you know, uh, achievement than like doing 10 different things just a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So just a few things. And, People are often surprised, like, extracurriculars mean a lot of different things. It's not just school clubs or volunteering. Um, It's lots of different things, independent projects, independent classes, reading, all kinds of different stuff, whether you work or if you've gone to a summer camp, all kinds of stuff. And then the essays. So (laughs) the essays are – Oh, yeah. They are – they're not – I don't know. Sometimes they're really challenging, and then once you get the hang of it, though, it gets easier. But um, private colleges are going to be looking at essays a lot. So, you know, you have your main personal statement, which is your Common App essay or, you know, just the main one, the 650-word ones. 
Um, and then you have all these supplements. So these little essays that are asking you questions like, you know, if you lost one of your senses, which one would you um, – you know, choose to lose and why, or why do you want to go to the University of Chicago? And you really have to have um, a very specific answer to that school. Like you can't cut and paste and I want to go here because it's a top liberal arts school and blah, blah, blah. No, you can't do that, right? So I think when students, like once you put together like your first college list, which there's lots of different re ways you can do that. Um, like College Board Big Future has a great one where you can just, you answer a bunch of different questions and it'll spit out a list for you. Same thing with like the Princeton Review or the Fisk Guide or CapEx or Forbes, like all these different resources where you just type in your criteria and it's going to give you some lists. So then now as a student, you have to, you have to start researching them. So mm -hmm. I think Students should probably spend like at least an hour really digging into the school. Um, so what that might look like is uh, really read the school's mission statement. Mm -hmm. For a long time at this one school, like our students were just not getting in. And I couldn't really figure out why. And then when the rep came to visit us, she really emphasized their mission statement. And I was like, oh, wow. that's what's been missing. You know, like students haven't really been paying because it was, just, you know, a lot of times they're similar, but there's also key differences, like the type of community it is. And are you already doing those things or is that really foreign to you, right? Mm -hmm. So the mission statement. And then, you know, you definitely want to look into um, your potential major, like the department webpage. So whether, you know, it's econ or, or journalism or what, and really look at, you know, the curriculum. What are the classes like? Um, do they have a core curriculum or is it completely open? Um, and then you also want to spend some time on the admissions webpage and look at, I think the admitted student profiles are really helpful too. So you could see the types of students they admitted the year prior and you could kind of compare your criteria. Like, is your GPA within that range? Is your test scores within that range? Um, and if not, then, you know, you know, you might need to raise them up a little bit in order to be a competitive applicant. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to spend some time on student life. Like, what's the housing system like? Is it guaranteed all four years? Can you have a car on campus? Uh, what kind of clubs are available? Um, you can also, like, look at if it's important, do you like crime statistics? Like all colleges are required to report that information. Mm -hmm. If there's been some, you know, incidences on their campus or types of speakers that are coming to campus, anything that you find interesting. Like if you, a lot of people are interested in going abroad, like what a great experience as an undergrad. Um, is there a particular like country you want to go to? So you could look at their study abroad programs. And, um, and then of course, if they're coming to visit your high school, really take, the opportunity to go and meet the rep, shake their hand, introduce yourself, and get a pamphlet and their card. And um, if you can stay for the visit, great. And if you can't, that's okay too. But just take the opportunity to learn more. Um, and then I think it's always fun if you can visit. That's not in everybody's budget. Like, I don't think I would have been able to visit as many colleges without the help of my employer. Um, but you can start local, though, too. If there's any colleges with this, 
within a couple hours of you, sign up for a tour. Go, go check it out. Even if you're not sure if you like the school, but you can at least get a sense of what it's like there. And then it kind of makes the process come alive. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to college. And then, oh my gosh. You know? you're, so, you're so right. Like I remember when, when you were encouraging all of us to start researching and looking at all this, these things at the end of junior year, then beginning of senior year. I was kind of overwhelmed at first. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, all right, we haven't even started yet. I'm already stressed out. Um, but like you said, once you actually start, like, immersing yourself in it and imagining yourself at these schools, it really it really does get, get exciting because for many of us, this is the first time that we get to kind of pave our own way and make our own decision for this next chapter in life. And you can look at that as, you know, being full of pressure, but it's also a lot of freedom and an opportunity to explore. And I think as long as you know what your expectations are and you're keeping it realistic, then in the in-between, you can have a lot of fun and get really excited about your future, whether that's going to college or not going to college or whatever your college goals are. Um, it's really your opportunity to make it something of your own. That's right. Um, it's your time. And it's you're right. There's so much freedom and it's so exciting. And yes. I, I can't, I love to, yeah, like talk to your friends, all the students out there. If you have upperclassmen that have gone off to college, mm. reach out to them. Hey, how's it going? Tell me about your experience. And um, I love talking to students about, you know, what they like and don't like about their school. Like when I go on college tours, I ask them, you know, I asked them some standard questions. I like to learn about like, yeah, what kind of traditions do you have on campus yeah. and things like, um, you know, what's something you would change about this place? Like, I want to know the not so great stuff too, but I usually just kind of like walk around and like soak it all in. Like I'll do the admissions tour so I can learn the basics and then I'll like go to a coffee shop or a local restaurant and just listen. And I'll talk mm -hmm. to some people that don't work for admissions and be like, do you like it here? And like, I remember at American University, this girl was just like, oh my God, yes. And just like, she worked in the bookstore and we had this great conversation. And then at another DC school, I asked a kid that was working in the office, I'm like, do you like it here? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right. And I'm like, why not? And he started telling me about the curriculum and I'm like, okay. Wow. You know, and I look, I look for things like if people are like smoking and like chain smoking and, mm -hmm. you know, yelling, you know, mad and angry. Like one school I visited, everyone seemed so stressed and angry. I was like, is it finals time or something? Like what's going on? Why is everyone so uptight and tense? You know? Um, Yes, but it definitely, I think it's good to get advice from other people, but just remember everyone's going to have advice, right? Whether someone went there 20 years ago, last year, something they heard, and it's all going to be different advice because it's based off their experience. So go and experience it for yourself, if at all possible. And I forgot the name of it, but I can email it to you. There's a super cool new like college tour website where students are like they do these videos themselves and like like there's so many schools I haven't been to that I really want to, but I'll go to the website and I'll watch like a student give a tour and tell That's some funny so awesome. stories. I forget the name of it though, but I have it in my email, so I'll forward it to you if you want to include it. Wow. But it's really fun. Like, um, it's a lot of fun. So uh, That's yes. so cool. Um and now that you mentioned that, um, I just recently met with 
someone who just started, he just founded a new startup called Bullseye um, that I would definitely recommend to rising high school seniors. Um, you go to joinbullseye.com. Um, and basically, especially for students who maybe don't have a college counselor in hand, what the platform does it is allows you to manage all of your applications in one place, whether you're doing Common App or Coalition, and then it actually pairs you with student mentors who've gotten into the schools that you're choosing to apply to. Wow! Going there, so you can actually have them read your essays. They have these. Um, they basically like they'll give you a rating and a grade on your essay that uh, they've formed this rubric with like twenty plus college admissions officers around the country, like. It's an incredible resource. Um, I ended up with a promo code. So if anyone wants to give it a try, go ahead and reach out to me and I'm happy to send that your way. But it's free to join the platform and start using it. And then oh, you just use awesome. what you want to pay for. And it's super super inexpensive for students who maybe don't want to pay for a full-time college counselor um, and don't have one at their school. So I would really recommend that. But there's so many amazing resources out there that are coming out. Um, to really just make this process more tailored to students' needs because I think what can really hold students back, especially senior year, is when they just start listening to everybody else's opinions. And then they give in to that and they're applying to the schools everyone else wants them to apply to and or pursuing the major everyone else wants them to pursue. It's like, you know, this this life is your own and, and college applications is just the beginning of that. Um, That's yeah. right. But speaking of resources, that sounds awesome, by the way. I'm going to mm -hmm. check that out. But yes. for essays, College Essay Guy, he has a great resource. His yes. website is so filled with so many great resources, sample essays, all these podcasts and YouTube channels, and it's all free. Um, and then Essay Hell is another good one that has lots of great essay information. College Ways is super cool. If you just sign up, it's also free. Like they do all these webinars all month long, which is really fun. Like I just signed up for one, how to make your common app less common and uh -huh. some other one I forgot about, but oh, on their website, they have all these super cool guides. Like there's this one common app. It's like the Bible of the common app. And it's filled <laughs> like, if you don't know how to answer something, you look it up in this guide and it's all right there. And there's one for like STEM programs. There's wow. Um, YouTube, like most colleges have their own YouTube channel so you can yeah. watch what they're doing and, and listen to talks from at admissions people. Um, Sarah Haberson, she calls herself America's college counselor, which I hate that name, but her, she has a lot of great free resources and like a Very super cool. great newsletter. Um, there's so much good free stuff out there. And like for students who maybe aren't in a position to travel to colleges, there's something called Project Greenlight, where all these colleges, it's like a database filled of colleges that have all these programs for minorities where they, you know, you can apply and if, if you get it, then they pay for the whole thing and you go out there. So whether it's, you know, due to your race or ethnicity or your gender, like it's all lots of cool free opportunities. What so was that website called? It's called Project Greenlight. Project Greenlight. Okay. Yeah. There are so many like new resources popping up and so many of them have scholarships attached to them as well. Like, so important to be looking out for those scholarships um, and be making time for those essays um, in addition to your com in, to your common app and your normal applications. Um, we have covered so much ground. Um, I want to ask you two final questions before okay. we finally wrap up. Um, my first question would be after everything we've covered, 
if you had the opportunity to touch base with someone who's first starting their senior year, they're about to dive into it, um, you know, consider them the average student that's applying to some public schools, maybe a private school or two, um, and they're getting ready to dive into deciding which school they want to go to, what they want to do, how they want to tackle the process. Um, if you could give them one piece of advice for tackling the year, um, what what might that be? Oh, gosh. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go with my standard. Don't procrastinate. It's mm-hmm. super easy to do. And I think procrastination is very psychological. It's not just like, oh, I'd rather do something fun right now. No, there's a reason why we procrastinate. And the college process for a lot of people, it's scary, right? Because there's just so much unknown until there isn't. And I think seniors have worked really hard, regardless of their GPA. They're graduating high school. They've worked hard. They've sacrificed, you know, to achieve what they have. And, like, why would you throw in the towel last minute. Like you mm-hmm. work too hard. Don't be the, the person that gets in the way from getting what you want because it, that's a hard pill to swallow. Like that's when you're going to reflect on later. Like if you give it your best shot and you don't get in, that doesn't feel good. But it's probably something that's outside of your control. Like you give right. it your all, at least you can feel good about that. Mm-hmm. If you procrastinated, then you're going to blame yourself, right? And so just do your best not to not to do that. And if you feel like you're starting to suffer from the itis, senior itis, go talk to your counselor. And I'm sure they'll have some words of wisdom or even your parents. Also to let your parents know how they can help you. Because I think sometimes parents want to help, but they don't know how, or they go overboard and it just stresses the student out more. So tell them exactly what you want, you know? mom, dad, I only want to talk about college once a week or, or whatever, you know, um, you tell them what you need from them and hopefully they'll be able to, to meet you there. So don't procrastinate, give it your best shot. And, um, I'm confident it'll work out. Yeah. It always feels better to look back and know that you did your best. Like all that hard work becomes worth it. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like feeling regret that you just didn't quite put enough effort in. Um, I think the game changer for me when I wanted to procrastinate is I would go to Barnes and Noble and I would tell my parents, Hey, I'm going to be here for three hours. If I haven't finished this essay by essay by then, then I'm not coming out. Like I need to, basically I need to finish this essay within three hours and I would stay outside of the house. Cause if I wrote my essay in here in this room, I would feel like going to sleep or, or just getting distracted. So set yourself up for success. That's such yes. good advice. Um, and then my final question would be if you could give a if you could give a piece of advice to a senior who's just graduated and maybe they're getting ready to go off to college, maybe they're getting ready to to start working like I did. Um, if you could give them any advice for just kind of starting life on their own, what what might that be? Oh gosh, that's such a great question. <laughs> I've been reading more about that lately. About um, you know, I don't know, have fun mm-hmm. and but be smart, right? So yeah. same thing. Set yourself, up, set yourself up for success. You know, have a good time, but be smart. And I don't know. There's just so much going on in the world right now, and there's so much opportunity. It's it's so exciting. So, you know, do the best you can, whether it's in the workforce or, you know, you're interviewing for a job or a gap year or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, just prepare and have fun. It, you know, it, 
it's like whole new territory, right? All that independence and freedom and unknown, but you've gotten this far, so you'll keep going, right? That's how we all do it. We just figure it out as we go, and um, it usually works out. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for all the students. I know I wanted to uh, reach out to everybody. It's just like, good luck, because I know they all left recently to go to college, and yes. I've, I've been thinking about them a lot and hoping they're excited and having fun and not homesick. And if they are, right. it'll pass, too. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm always so curious all the fun things they're doing. So Yeah, it's just like everything else. Nobody has it all figured out. The goal is to keep the conversation real, to keep life real, um, and and just do your best along the way. So, um, right. and then thank you so much for all the help you offered to me. I totally would not be here doing this podcast if it wasn't for you. Oh, that's and, so sweet. Thank you. No, truly. And, um, and thank you so much for sharing all of this with our listeners. I can't wait for them to hear it. Um, for those of you who are listening, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Spread the love. Spread the message of Real College Talk. Share it with other seniors, with other high schoolers, with other college students who need to hear it. Um, our goal is to just always keep the conversation real week after week by bringing on incredibly talented people like Shannon uh, to just set you up for success. Uh, thank um, you. That should be that should be your slogan. Keeping it real. I like it. it keep it real, everybody. That's perfect. Keep it real. Yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you so much, Morgan. This was so much fun. Thank and you, I hope Shannon. your friend at Notre Dame, I've been thinking about him too. I hope he's having a good time. Nikhil is crushing it. Awesome. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you. Bye-bye.